0: Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with my co-host, Shelley Cohan, who is also a professor at uh, FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology. We welcome you uh, to today's conversation, which is, are we in an economic glass half empty or half full? Well, obviously, it's not an easy answer, but uh, Shelley and I are fortunate enough to have Pam Danziger uh, with us today. Pam is internationally recognized for her expertise on the world's most influential consumers. Um, she's a market researcher, speaker, and author. Her uh, books, uh, One Meet the Henrys, and Another one, Shops That Pop, are not only great reads, um, and especially for retailers and brands, um, they are fun reads. And if you have, haven't read either one, you should. She, uh, uh, Pam, founded uh, Unity Marketing in 1992 and provides research-driven strategic insights into the marketplace and the economy. So, today, we are getting the economic part of Pam's brain. Um, So, Pam, we welcome you, a warm welcome. We've known you for quite a while, and we're very eager to hear your perspective on where the economy is headed and retail's participation in the dynamics uh, driving it. So, please start us off with the macro view.
1: Well, I I am delighted to be with you, Robin and Shelly. I just hope that you all don't gang up on me and kill the messenger because I'm bringing <laughs> bad news. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's okay. It's, we're
1: all family, Pam. We're good. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when, when we look at what's going on economically and, you know, again, I'm not an economic expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm putting the puzzle pieces together. And yes, I, you did. To- data from a variety of different sources and, you know, the economic experts are all over the board. Now, there is a lot of, you know, differing points of view. Some say we're going to have a, a, soft landing. Some saying no recession at all. Others are saying a recession is coming and we better, you know, make preparation for it. Yep. But you know, the fact is all those experts do not matter. What matters is the consumer and what they're doing. And, you know, already consumers are starting to behave as if we are in a recession. And, you know, just today, a Wall Street Journal article about, you know, consumers are spending like it's 2019. And if you remember back then, people were thinking and talking about the recession overdue because they typically last or come about in a 10-year cycle. So, um, you know, that's what we're seeing and what I'm seeing. Uh, Nationwide just released a uh, 2023 economic impact report surveying 2,000 adults. And, you know, about, about two-thirds of them, over two-thirds, 68%, expect a recession to hit within the next six months. And among those people who expect a recession, and this is like really wild, you know, 80% say that it's going to be severe. So they're really expecting the worst Mm. and again, beginning to behave as if uh, it's here already. Wow. I
2: mean, and, you know, for retailers, I mean, we often play that Monday morning quarterback, you know, kind of see what's going to happen and then, you know, reflect back on how we could have done things better. But actually, I have to say At least in 2023, I'm seeing more retailers kind of be a bit more proactive about, you know, tailing back on inventory holdings and assortments. Um, And like you said, Pam, the big wild card is we simply do not know what the consumers are actually going to do. We can survey them and survey them and survey them. But oftentimes, as you know, being in research, what they say and what they do are vastly different. And I do know there is not one retailer that wants to be in the position they were back in 2020. Too much demand, not enough inventory, or too little demand, and massive overstocks. So. Pam, let's start by talking about the first half of the year. And a uh, question to you is: Your retail glass half empty or half full?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I've been I've been in the the glass half empty side of the economic debate for for a while. And you know, when I look at the uh, Census Department data, which is where we we derive our retail data from, specifically, um, you know, we saw growth last year. But you know, and seven percent growth in retail. But the Census Department reports in current dollars, not inflation-adjusted dollars. So yeah. if if uh, retail is growing seven percent and inflation is running, you know, close to that. I mean, it really, you know, you do the numbers, you do the math. It really looks like most of the growth last year was attributable to inflation, and you know the national retail federation where you know we we listen to what they have to say they've also been in their glass half full camp um for quite a <laughs> oh, while
0: yeah. Always. You know, oh
1: yeah <laughs> they always are though right well you know and you know they they saw they came out of 2022 holiday Still feeling very strong, even though spending did fall a bit short of what their forecast was, and they kind of you know predicted four to six percent growth in two thousand and twenty three um but then in in august their whole their whole point of view changed their what yeah. they were saying changed, and that to me was the biggest eye opener for me that you know the n r f is saying mm. there's ongoing and this is from kleinheinz the you know Jack kleinheinz the, yeah. the econo- economics um, expert there there are ongoing economic challenges and questions, and the pace of consumer spending growth is becoming incrementally slower
0: mm. and yeah. that's
1: that's all we need to know
0: well you know Pam going back to I think you said earlier that uh, uh, recession uh, is something um It happens about every 10 years. In fact, I remember reading someplace where Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase's, you know, he said, my kid asked me uh, what a recession is. And he said, I answered by saying it's something that happens about every 10 years. Right. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) So even Jamie Dimon didn't want to get into the weeds (laughs) on what a recession is. but. Anyway, so, yeah, the consumer spending um, uh, always starts to slow coming out of uh, June into July. And we have heard from many companies that consumers are being more particular or skeptical about just what they buy. Okay, so looking for value, uh, trading down to store brands, and spending more in uh, discretionary categories.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just that um you know again they are seeing what's coming and they're mm-hmm. starting to change their behavior and you know and discretion that's the perfect example and that's mm-hmm. where you know I look at the affluent consumer and the and the luxury market I mean that's the easiest thing you know to turn off the spigot for um because you know they've already you know the affluent consumers have already got houses you know, well furnished Mm. and their closets are full and, you know, it's easy to put off and delay those expenditures. I mean, it's, you know, in some ways, I mean, the the good news is retailers know and have a playbook for a recession. We didn't have any for 2020. So, I mean, that's Mm. the good side of this, of what we're going to, Going to experience, and like you said, Shelly, they're managing inventory better, and you know, the you know sort of the skills and the muscles that that, that they flexed in 2020 um, certainly set up many retailers for you know what's coming now. I mean, they they've learned how to pivot um, rapidly, and you know, th- so you know, in a, in a way, I think that all things. You know, once we get through this slow period, things are going to we're going to, you know, we'll we'll flesh out the weeds and uh, clear out the, you know, the clear, it clear out the uh, market and and have a stronger market coming out of it when it eventually, you know, resolves. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a really
2: good point, Pam, about you're absolutely right. In the last three years, retailers have really sharpened a lot of skills. And you mentioned a lot of them. So I do think, you know, better preparation for sure. But here's another interesting factor that may actually prompt slower consumption. So as of June, the estimate is that American households held less than $190 in aggregate excess savings from the pandemic. This, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. So as a comparative, the... Peak of savings was back in August of 2021 at, ready for this number, $2.1 trillion of excess savings. And Robin and I have been talking a lot about that over our podcast, but here's the most shocking revelation. Americans will likely deplete the rest of that excess savings by September.
0: Incredible. 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 Yeah. And, (laughs) and your response, your research, Pam um, found that Americans are now under 1 trillion in credit card debt after relying on their cards, you know, to pay for the basic month to month purchases.
1: Right, right. Well, and and that, that's what they've been doing. And, you know, it, because of inflation, because, you know, of all these other factors, they've, you know, been, and, you know, People are optimistic by nature. So when they turn pessimistic, again, that's that's uh, very important. Um, you know, the data that I saw about average credit card balance um, mm. is about, they have about $6,000 <coughs> in credit card debt. And wow. more than half of them are worried that they will not be able wow. to pay off their debt.
0: Um, and,
1: and, you know, every quarter or every month, the Bureau of Economic Analysis puts out Information about non-mortgage interest payments—they're now about 50% higher in the second quarter of 2023 than they were the same quarter last year. So 50% wow. higher in credit card debt because you know the the the, the Fed has increased uh, increased uh, credit rating or credit um, charges, and the Bureau of Economic Analysis also found that people are putting away more money in savings that they can, you know, manage to, to do. So about 4.4% of disposable income was put into savings in the second quarter this year mm-hmm. versus 3.2 last year. So again, that just shows they're preparing, Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst.
2: Yeah. It's good to see that too. And uh, Robin and Pam, we have been discussing One of the biggest elephants in the room. Uh, We did this in our podcast called $10 billion a month goes poof. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. For
2: retailers. Um, And I'm not sure people are really giving this much weight, um, but it certainly weighs in on your theory, Pam. And with all the other factors mentioned, this student loan repayments will impact holiday. Yep. And and we know it starts back in October. um, But- You know, so you have no more pandemic savings to lean on. You're using your credit cards for monthly discretionary purchases and student loans are resuming. So what that all says to me is less spending for holiday season. And if you think about some of the categories, you know, clothing and accessories, which has really been difficult to kind of get back on track to where they were pre-pandemic, um, it's only about 5 to 6% of the total retail sales for holiday time. But remember, in December, that number moves to 8%. So if you think about it, a significant portion of the buying in these sectors, clothing and accessories, comes from that same millennial Gen Z consumer that is going to have to start repaying their student loans back. So oh, yeah. again, it can really negatively
1: impact holiday sales. Right. And, you know, already we're seeing like Macy's just reported an 8% decline in their sales. VF dropped 8%, you know, and yeah, it
0: just t- amazed me. Yeah.
1: yeah, And their two biggest brands, Vans and Dickies, mm-hmm. were off 22% and 20% respectively. And Kohl's is down like 5%. Um, yep. Comparable sales down 5%. So, even you know for for coals at, at a more value oriented pricing is still you know challenged with what's going on right now,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, and Pam, you know keep in mind um, that much of the sales decreases for for brands that operate uh, both a DTC direct to consumer and wholesale model are coming uh, from the retail partners. In Mm our uh, podcast, uh, which is a couple of weeks ago, I think, from wholesale to retail, brands are trying to achieve a balance. That was the uh, topic. And we discussed major brands like Levi's and Nike that are being impacted with less wholesale orders and sales. Yes.
1: And, you know, one of the things that I'm observing among many of the direct to consumer brands that I'm kind of, you know, Talking to right now, a lot of them are go are are now opening for wholesale. And, <laughs> and talk it as an example wow. of one. So yeah. it's like you know, uh, you know, are they lemmings? You know, <laughs> running toward the edge of the cliff? I don't know, but it's it's an interesting uh, counter trend. Yeah, that's really
2: interesting. I think everyone's trying to figure out the right balance between the two, right?
1: How yeah, much direct to
2: consumer, how much retail, how much hotel, wholesale. But I think the other indicator, at least going into holiday, is going to be what finally finally comes out for back to school. You know, uh, we saw the fashion categories got a little tiny boost month over month for July um, with an early start to back to school, thanks to none other than Amazon Prime Day. Um, <laughs> but those uh, non-discretionary categories will be hit harder come October, and. Fashion stores, department stores, you just mentioned recent earnings. They've all been struggling really all year. And even with that little tiny boost of back-to-school spending, the categories are down to last year for the first half of 2023. And as you pointed out earlier, Pam, it doesn't include the inflation. So if you look at department stores as an example, who are sitting right now down 2.3%, It's actually much steeper than that
1: once you take into consideration inflation. That's right. That's right. You know, back to school, and Deloitte just did a study about that. And, you know, again, while um, the NRF is, like, real positive, (laughs) um, you know, based upon inflation, it looks like all the gains that NRF is projecting are going to come from the fact that school supplies are going to cost over, you know, 25, 28% more for American families. So, you know, this is really, again, uh, one third of the parents said that their household is in worse financial situation this year than last. And it's yes, it's mostly impact or it's impacting strongly lower income households. Mm. But even those at the higher income ranges are feeling the pinch, you know, Mm. because they've already got You know, mortgages and car payments and all that other and high energy costs, all those things are are eating into their their prices. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what I'm seeing right now is that the luxury sector is not immune to the downturn Nordstrom. The flagship Nordstrom brand revenues are down 10 percent. Wow. And Capri Holdings, which was just acquired by Tapestry, in a well la- announced in a deal, is off almost ten percent in the in the last quarter. So you know, again, these are all factors pointing to uh, something bad down the road.
0: <coughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Capri and Tapestry, um, I think those revenues were overlooked uh, yeah. by the market with the uh, distraction of the big announcement of tapestry buying Capri. I I'm not sure that the drop in retail sales for these two brands has anything to do with the economy, but more so with the management of the brands. And, you know, I wrote about this, um, I think it's a craziness. Um, and Shelly and I did a, a deep dive on this topic in our podcast. Tapestry expands its empire. But it's no LVMH. (laughs) I think you (laughs) might agree with us on that Yes.
1: What do you think, Pam? Oh, (laughs) I I,
0: we should have
2: to weigh in on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, I I I thought, you know, you did a brilliant piece and a brilliant analysis. So I'm I'm completely with you on that. Um, (laughs) you know, but when we look at the luxury brands, and this is like really interesting, and talking about LVMH. Um U.S. sales, all the major international luxury leaders in the in the first half of the year, LVMH, including LVMH, Caring, Richemont, Prada, and Berger, Burberry, all reported that revenues dropped in the Americas in the, oh. in the last quarter. And, you know, that's just unprecedented. And then Ralph Lauren, who sits here, you know, one of the unique American luxury brands, um, was basically flat this quarter but sales mm. in north america were off 10%. so you know yeah. we're, we're, it's just again it, it's just a sign if luxury consumers in and particularly in the us are holding back and then you know all the news from china is the economy is mm. is uh struggling there too. i mean it's like yeah. where is the growth going to come from?
0: yeah no really it's 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 scary um <laughs> You know, ever since the uh, pandemic uh, restrictions, you know, eased up a bit, consumers have, you know, answered retailers' rallying cry to keep shopping, and they, and they didn't miss a beat early on, uh, even after inflation set in. So you know, thanks to the government's COVID relief payouts, um, but they're they are rapidly reaching the end of the credit and savings rope, if you will. And retailers should prepare for a really sharp pullback pull back in spending among the consumers.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, S&P Global reported, and I'll, I'll quote this, "Persistent persistently high inflation and weakening consumer demand are eating into <clears throat> U.S. retail sales expectations this year. This year's retail sales will help determine whether the U.S. enters a recession mm. as consumer mm. spending accounts for nearly 70% of U.S. GDP. Now, again, the economic experts I, I've talked to say that weak retail, a decline in retail doesn't cause recession. There's other huh. factors at mm. work, but you know, it certainly um, doesn't help uh, the situation any. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and again, This time, because of all the craziness we've gone through in the last three years, this time a decline in retail sales may be the canary in the coal mine predicting Mm. that a recession is, in fact, fast approaching.
0: You know, Pam, and I think this is, I think this was in your article, which is going to run this week in the Robin Report. Um, You mentioned our own Warren Schulberg. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> so you, didn't you? That was you, I think, right? Yes. And he, oh, and he, hey, what, well, what did he say again? Well,
1: he said that there's uh, one guide that he uses, and it's only one guy, one one number. Is he calls it the Wall the Wall Get Gauge, Walmart yeah. and Target. So when Walmart sales are going up, that means the consu- you know, consumers are are stressed and are pulling back. When Target sales are up. Um, then that means that people are are being freer with their money because of Target's you know positioning as a more yeah. discretionary upper, more you know hmm. more indulgent kind of a uh, brand. And if we look at what happened recently, Walmart was up about five, I think five eight percent. Target was down almost the same, so it was tit for yeah. tat. Yeah. So. You know, Warren Warren is brilliant and uh <laughs> I, I and he's he's incredible he's an incredibly good read. So I, I yep. just love his wall get gauge. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, yeah. All yeah. That.
0: Well, yeah, I mean even the luxury consumers, as as yeah. we mentioned here a couple couple of times, they are they're 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 reaching down, you know, yeah, to save bucks. Well, you know, unfortunately, we need to wrap it up. But um, I, I know Shelley and I could talk to you for another couple hours <laughs> on this subject. But, but in closing, I I would add into the potential fireplace kindling, if you will, <laughs> uh, three other unknowns, and which I believe are really big ones. Uh, yeah. One for the first time in our country's history. We have a highly conflictive uh, political issue facing us with absolutely no idea of how it might affect the economic situation, which it could very well. Uh, Secondly, the Ukrainian war continues. And uh, I don't know from all the experts I hear from, uh, they they see it going into uh, next year. And three, you know, our relationship with China is not too good. And we don't know what effect that will have. So, I don't know, Pam and Shelly, yeah. I guess we could say, other than everything we talked about, life is good. Yeah. Right? Well,
1: and, you know, Robin, I'd like to add anecdotally that okay. people say that when, you know, an election year, particularly a presidential election year, is generally, and again, this is anecdotal, but mm. it's generally not very good for retailers because consumers and customers' minds are distracted by all the political infighting. And we know it's going to be worse this year
0: than it's been in years before. So Yes, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, uh, thanks a whole lot, Pam, for your research and joining us today. Uh, uh, I know Shelly and I really enjoyed it.
2: We always uh, appreciate your insights. I love reading your articles. Um, I just love your point of view. So thank you so much for joining us. And maybe I should start a new financial indicator for my classes called the... Wall get financial indicator.
1: (laughs) Yeah, just be sure to to credit Warren. (laughs) Of course I will.
2: Anyway, thank you, Pam. It's always a pleasure to hear your keen insights. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and of course, theromreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us for the latest thoughts about the industry.
0: And I want to thank everybody again and uh, for joining us. And as I've said every week, uh, if you have a topic that you would like Shelly and I to cover, uh, please just send me an email to robin at therobinreport.com. And thanks again.